Welcome to the ICANN Podcast, the podcast of the Indiana Catholic Conference. The Indiana Catholic Conference is the official public policy voice of the Catholic bishops of Indiana. Welcome back to the ICANN Podcast. This is Alexander. And Angela. And we're here to cover the 2022 special session. So today we're going to talk about what's happened and what we're looking forward to for the next week, maybe more. Um, Angela, a question I've gotten from many people as I'm talking to them about this special session is how does a bill become law? And I'm sure many of us learned this in our government classes growing up. I think a refresher would be really good. Can you kind of talk us through how each of these bills, how they're moving through the process now? Well, when I was thinking on federal level, I was thinking of Education Rock, um, just a bill on Capitol Hill. Mm -hmm. And that actually does pretty much mirror, or the state mirrors that. Um, Someone introduces a bill, authors it, um, depending on whether or not it starts on the Senate side or the House side. The big one that everybody's been hearing about, SB1, started on the Senate side, is authored by Senator Glick, and it would severely restrict abortion on demand in the state of Indiana with um, some limited exceptions. And so it went through committee. There were amendments proposed, over 60, and only five or six were approved out of the over 60. Mm -hmm. And it was able to pass out of the Senate, and it wasn't... It wasn't an overwhelming, some might call victory. Um, Republicans and conservatives have a supermajority, but it only passed out of the Senate 26 to 20. Mm -hmm. Now, 26 is the minimum number a bill needs to pass out of the Senate, right? Correct. Yeah. And it now goes over to the House side where they can accept the amendments or add some more. If they do that, then it has to go to a conference committee where they work out the differences. Mm -hmm. And if there aren't any amendments from the House side, which I can't imagine that wouldn't happen, um, then it would go back. Uh, It would go to the House floor for a vote, and if it passes the House, then it could then uh, go on. Mm -hmm. And so that final step is it goes to the governor's desk governor has a chance to sign or veto Uh, or or not sign and it becomes a law Mm -hmm. kind of by default Um, the governor has said that life should be respected and Mm -hmm. that there isn't any red lines as far as you know how much abortion should be limited so with those types of comments you would think that he would in fact sign it but Mm -hmm. we never know until it's actually done So where are we right now? Because there are there are four bills that were originally proposed, three in the Senate, one in the House. And at what place in the process are each of those bills? Okay, you might have to help me on some of those. Mm-hmm. Um, with Senate Bill 1 and 2, those have passed out of the Senate, and they're on the House side now. Mm-hmm. The House Bill 1001, mm-hmm. also I, passed, it passed yep. out. So Senate Bill 3 also passed out. I don't know what the final vote count was, but I think for 
Senate Bill 2 and Senate Bill 3 and House Bill 1001, those passed with pretty wide margins pretty favorably now those and those additional bills those um, you probably heard about the 45 million dollars and um, tax relief for Hoosiers those bills deal with those issues maybe we could talk about what these bills do um, a little bit more in depth but also like what would we like to see ideally because we're supporting them right now we would want them to pass even as is but what are some things that we would even hope for at this point with those supports for women and families yeah. i think the biggest thing that came out of the amendments were you know tracking um maternal health and whether or not people either leave or leave or come into the state from to maybe to get an abortion or to take advantage of some of the the uh, programs that are provided but what we'd like to see um not different from things that we've looked at in the past. We'd like to see reasonable and effective pregnancy accommodations. Um, we suggested that there be a tax credit for employers who provide that. Uh, we'd also like to see paid family leave, and so to alleviate some of the burden on employers and businesses, we've suggested a tax credit for that. Um, we have looked at information, you know, the federal government gave a tax credit for children in the form of a monthly payment. We've suggested that the state of Indiana does that. We know that um, giving monthly support um, for minor children helps lift children out of poverty. And um, instead of like a one-time, you know, payment. Mm -hmm. And now, so a number of the things that you just said that we're commenting on and, and hoping for this legislation was just echoed by a USCCB statement that came out today and uh, that's a, several of the the bishops uh, chairmen released a letter and they were commenting on post Dobbs federal legislation and you know, pointing out a couple of bills that were problematic that have been proposed post Dobbs but then also echoing those things like um, family leave and Pregnancy, uh, I guess the federal bill would be the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. Mm -hmm. Again, reiterating why uh, the bishops as a whole and, and the areas of the church's teaching that support those provisions, uh, why they wanted to do that. Also, um, for those who might not have been keeping up with it, what we're, what's in the bill currently is um, no abortion on demand except um, for in cases of rape or incest. And if it is rape, um, then the exceptions are based on age. If, if someone is under the age of 16, um, then an abortion cannot be done further out than 12, 12 weeks of, post, of fertilization. Mm -hmm. If someone is older than 16, then it's only eight weeks. Um, also, there is currently an exception, and it's a little fuzzy about the health and life of a mother. Um, many people have been saying it's the, you know an exception uh, for the life of the mother, which most when you think about that, you think of you know a woman dying if not for the abortion. But the way it's written, it's almost for the health of the mother and. Um, doctors are more on the side for the health of the mother because they say it's very hard to find that, you know, that line. There isn't one in the sand for where it becomes, you know, oh, my goodness, they're going to die. Um, and so that still needs mm -hmm. to be clarified. Um, 
and hopefully on the house side that'll be done and many of you are probably aware that you know within catholic teaching um, there isn't an exception for rape or incest and you might be wondering why the catholic conference um, is supporting the bill that has that type of exception mm -hmm. well saint john paul and was then it was his comments were later kind of repurposed and echoed by um, Cardinal O'Connor, and they talk about imperfect legislation, particularly as it relates to abortion, and knowing that maybe the Catholic Church or those who want to protect life can't get everything that they want in one fell swoop, and looking and asking yourself some questions. If the current legislation that is being proposed, will it get us closer to protecting more lives? And if you can answer yes to that, and this would, because it severely limits compared to the you know the what the current law now, and then also are you prohibit if you agree to this legislation are you prohibited from coming back and then trying to, you know advance even tighter restrictions? This doesn't do that. And then also while you're supporting this imperfect legislation, are you letting people know that you still, you know hold the belief? that all life is sacred and, and we're doing that. And so for those who might question, because this doesn't completely line up with, you know, Catholic teaching, um, we are trying to advance the protection of lives as much as we can. And this is what we have in front of us right now that will do that. Yeah. And it's something else I've heard is uh, we may be at a point with this General Assembly, where the only bill that would feasibly pass would have a rape and incest exception. Mm. Um, that may be the thing in this political moment where legislators can stomach that mm -hmm. and might not be able. Um, you might have some who are really pushing for that, but um, that may be where we're at now. And so yet another reason for us to want to continue to get this along so that we have something at the end of the special session. We continue to ask for your support and prayers and please see the website for action alerts because I think it's important for the lawmakers to hear from their constituents on this important matter. And so I think we'll do uh, maybe one more podcast before the end of the special session to give you a final update on what happens at the end of this week. I hope your summers have been good and uh, keep listening. Thank you. <laughs>